welcome to this talk from Emmaus Road, a church with congregations in Guildford and Woking in the UK. To find out more about who we are and what we're up to, please visit us online at EmmausRoad.com. Thanks so much, Adam. I'm just going to put my things on, bear with. got a really heavy Bible up here and I'm worried it's going to knock over the stand but hopefully it won't so let's pray for that. Um, Good evening everyone. So as Adam mentioned um, for my day job I get to be part of the brilliant 24-7 prayer team. Shout out to those guys they're great and specifically for my job I get to tell stories. My job is looking after the website and social media, and that means on a regular basis, I'm sharing the 24-7 prayer story, who we are, what we do. But also, I get to share the incredible stories of what God is doing all over the world in 24-7 prayer rooms. It's such an incredible privilege. I am a storyteller, and I love stories. But you probably do too. Over the past few weeks at Emmaus Road, we've been doing a series in the evening called Love Guilford. We've been listening to people in our community share their heart about why they love this place. And these stories have been powerful moments of connection with people in our community, and they've encouraged us because stories help us to connect with one another. And on a daily basis, we ask questions to provoke stories. How's your week been? How's your job going? Tell me about that holiday you just went on. I'm really excited to hear about it. We are story hearers and storytellers. One of the reasons that I love stories so much is because they impact our emotions and our relationships. We celebrate with each other when we hear a story of joy and we mourn together with a story of sadness. Every day, stories shape our thoughts, emotions, and feelings. Our stories have power. Or, if you're not Northern Irish, our stories have power. (laughs) And the story of the Bible is one of the most powerful, impactful stories we can hear and know. So tonight, we're going to delve into the power of the story and learn from some of the first Christians how we can learn our story and then how we can live our story. So if you want to flick with me in your Bibles, if you've got them, to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 4 to 10, or it should be on the screen. That's 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 4 to 10. And just so you know the context... Paul is writing this letter to the Thessalonian church who became Christians because he visited them and shared the gospel with them. So we're going to pick up from verse 4. For we know, brothers and sisters, loved by God, that he has chosen you because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit, and with deep conviction. You know how we lived among you for your sake. You became imitators of us and of the Lord 
in spite of severe suffering. You welcome the message with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. And so you became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. The Lord's message rang out from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia. Your faith in God has become known everywhere. Therefore, we do not need to say anything about it. For they themselves report what kind of reception you gave us. They tell how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the coming wrath. So firstly, we need to learn our story. So when Paul is speaking about the gospel in this passage, he's actually using the word story. The word gospel comes from two old English words, God and spell, which mean good news or good story. And at the heart of the Bible is this gospel, this good story, the story of Jesus that we've already been singing about this evening. He is the fulfillment of prophecies, the promised saviour, fully man, yet fully God, born as a baby, performing countless miracles before his death on the cross and then his glorious resurrection. And this incredible gospel, this good story, has been shared throughout history for over 2,000 years. And it's a story which requires us to respond and we can choose to follow Jesus and put him at the center of our story. That's what being a Christian is. This gospel becomes our story. For the Thessalonian church, this gospel was received in a challenging context. And you can read more about that in the book of Acts. Paul and Silas, who shared the gospel with them, were actually driven out of the city by Jews who were jealous. So the Thessalonians who became Christians were living alongside those who hated their decision to follow Jesus. When they chose to follow Jesus, they were at real risk of persecution. Overnight, their lives looked completely different. Their story had changed. And when we choose to accept Jesus, our story changes too. There's this great quote from Alistair McIntyre that says, I cannot answer the question, what ought I to do, unless I first answer the question, of which story am I a part? When we are part of God's story, it changes everything. As Christians, the knowledge of who God is, who Jesus is, and what he has done for us is the starting point for everything else in our lives. Last week, I was at a justice conference, and I had this incredible time learning about heroes of faith, living out their Christian faith in really challenging places. One story that really moved me was a man from Eritrea who was tortured and beaten because he was a Christian. But as he shared his story with us, he said that he worshipped when he was being beaten. He was full of joy in the middle of his circumstance. Isn't that incredible? But it's because that he knew that his identity wasn't just a prisoner. 
he was a follower of Jesus first. When we remember our story as Christians, our perspective changes. We are not defined by our circumstances. We are defined by Jesus. But we are forgetful human beings. How many times have you heard something at church that's really moved you, or a Bible verse has really spoken to your situation, and then just a few hours or days later, you realise you've completely forgotten what God said? We've all been there, right? And that's why we need to learn our story over and over again. But how do we do this? How do we learn our story better? And this is where we get practical. You might be aware we've actually just finished a series looking at habits and rhythms that help us tap into into God's presence and living out our faith. And last week, Adam spoke really practically about how we can guard our hearts and stay focused on Jesus. And if you weren't here last week, I'd really recommend you listen to that talk online. For me, I love scheduling things. And so my favorite thing to do is to schedule time to be with Jesus because that's the way that I work. And last year, God challenged me to spend more time in the 24-7 prayer room, kind of apt given my job. So I set about thinking about this and God said to me, I want you to spend more time in the 24-7 prayer room. I think you should go before work. Now, I am not a morning person. I do not like getting up earlier than I have to, and I do not like it in winter when it's dark. So this was a challenge. I did not want to go, but I forced myself out there. And after weeks and weeks of struggling, it became a rhythm. It became normal. It became a habit. And now those mornings are an incredible time where I get to spend an hour in God's presence. There... I am reminded of my identity. I am reminded of my story. We are literally creatures of habit. We are so influenced by where we spend our time and what we do. We pick up phrases, mannerisms, and habits from the places we spend our time in. Let me give you a practical example. So I live in Guildford. I've lived in Guildford for just over three years. And if I am really wanting to encourage someone, I will say, that is so good. Quite a few people here do the same. Or if I'm really, really excited by something someone said in the worship or someone said at the talk, I'll go, come on. (laughs) And I might even knock something over. I am so influenced by the things that people are saying around me. I never once said so good or come on before I moved to this place. It is literally in my vocabulary. I don't even think about it. We are imitators of each other. So where do you spend your time? Who is influencing you? Consciously or not, We are all imitating the things we invest our time in. And this changes our story. But this isn't always a bad thing. When Paul writes to the Thessalonians and says, you became imitators of us and of the Lord, he isn't just complimenting himself. The Thessalonians learned how to be Christians because of Paul and Silas. They learned how to pray. They learned how to worship. 
They learned their story. And in the process of imitating Paul and Silas, they learned to imitate the ways of Jesus. Imagine what would happen if we too started to imitate the ways of Jesus. Imagine if we spent time in the presence of Jesus so we started to act and think and be like him. James K.A. Smith says this incredible thing. Worship that restores us is worship that restores us. I'll say that again. Worship that restores us is worship that restores us. In the presence of Jesus, we are reminded of our story. At the feet of Jesus, we're reminded that nothing else is important. Nobody else's opinion is as important. We don't have to imitate anyone else. Our worth comes from God, and so does our story. And knowing this is vital because we need to live our story. In the letter to the Thessalonians, we learn that the church became a model to all the believers. Paul writes, your faith in God has become known everywhere. And this is remarkable because we know that Paul and Silas were literally chased out of Thessalonica after sharing the gospel of Jesus. You can read about it in Acts. It was a hostile environment. But here we read that these Thessalonians didn't just become Christians. The community have lived out their faith so much that they are changing what's around them. Their story is known across the region. The Thessalonian community haven't just accepted Jesus in their heads and their hearts. It's being outworked in every part of their lives. We are not just called to love Jesus. We are called to live Jesus too. Of course, it's easy to say this, but moving from knowing our story to living it out can feel difficult. It is difficult to come to church on a Sunday evening and have a profound moment of connection and then go into your day-to-day with the same passion and excitement after the music has stopped when other Christians aren't beside you cheering you on. But our Sunday story and our Monday story are the same. They're not separate chapters. They're not even separate books. The truth that we hear and sing and pray when we're together is the same truth that we can hear and sing and pray when we're not together. I think so often we have such good intentions to live out our faith, but we put so much pressure on ourselves to act better than we did last week or to live better than we've ever done before. We try and muster up patience. We try and be more loving. And then inevitably, we fail. We are impatient. We say something unkind. We do that thing we promised we wouldn't do again. But our story and our identity starts with Jesus. Our worth and value comes from Jesus. And we all get to play a part in bringing his kingdom to earth, especially in our brokenness. Because it's not about what we do. It's about what Jesus has done for us. That is always the turning point. That is always the starting point. That is our 
story. The amazing thing is that the Holy Spirit is already at work in our lives. We read that the Thessalonian church were given joy by the Holy Spirit to help them in their difficult circumstances. So when we reach that Monday morning, when we've got back-to-back lectures or a horrible meeting or small children screaming at us because they don't want to go to school, we don't need to try and muster up the strength ourselves. We just need to remember our story. In another letter in the Bible, Paul writes to the church in Philippi, Christ gives me the strength to face anything. We don't need to muster up our own strength to live out God's story. Christ gives us the strength. The Holy Spirit is already at work. We get to join in. And if we're wondering how to join in with God's story, the great thing is we just get to pray. We can ask him. We can ask the Holy Spirit, what are you doing today? How can I join in today? Ask God which people he wants you to spend your time with. Ask God how he wants you to spend your money. Ask God how he wants you to spend your weekends. Because we are part of God's story. And it all starts with him. And we are part of God's story where we are right now. Whether we're students, working in business, unemployed, full-time parent, working in a Christian charity. However you spend your days, Every day is an opportunity to live out our story to the world, to join in with what God is already doing. And remember, this isn't a solo adventure. Other Christians are doing the same. Get to know other people of faith where you spend your every day. If you work in an office, find the other Christians in your office. If there are no other Christians in your office, Find someone at Emmaus Road who works in an office. There are people of faith in every sphere of our society. Find someone else in the same context as you. Meet up together. Pray together. Tell your stories together. It's likely that in the Thessalonian church, there were Christians who were slaves. It's also likely in the Thessalonian church, there were Christians who had slaves. There were Christians in every part of the Thessalonian society because we are called to join in with what God is already doing where we are right now. We have the potential in every sphere of our society to live in a way that's not dictated by culture or lectures or even other people, but by Jesus to live in a way not dictated by culture or lectures or even other people, but by Jesus. And for the Thessalonian church, their way of living makes something incredible happen. Other people start telling their story. Paul writes, Your faith in God has become known everywhere. Therefore, we do not need to say anything about it. They tell us how you turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God. This community are making such an impact 
that their story, God's story, is being shared like gossip around the entire region. Last month, a bunch of us went to Vienna for the 24-7 Prayers annual conference. And on the Saturday night, we held a 24-7 prayer auction. It is an incredible display of radical generosity. And this year, we auctioned off aprons and raised thousands of pounds, which was donated to different projects and causes. Being there was amazing. And we shared some of the stories on our social media feed. So after the conference, I go and visit my grandparents who live in a tiny village in the middle of nowhere in England. Now, my granddad has Twitter, which is probably my favorite thing, and he also follows 24-7 prayer. So when he came to get me from the train station, the first thing he said to me was, oh, how was your conference? I heard that you raised loads of money for charity. I started laughing. I couldn't believe he'd already heard the story from social media instead of me. But then we went to the village coffee morning the next day. Now, the village coffee morning is the place to be in this tiny little village in the middle of nowhere. Everyone is there. And while I was there drinking my coffee, I overhear my granddad, who doesn't go to church, turning to his neighbor and saying, my granddaughter works for an organization called 24-7 Prayer. Recently, they held an auction and they raised lots of money for different projects and charities. Isn't that amazing? This incredible generosity I witnessed firsthand in Vienna was being heard and shared and passed on by a lovely little man in the middle of nowhere. He wasn't even there. <laughs> Our faith in Jesus makes other people take notice. When we live out our story by radical generosity, simple actions, living differently, paying attention to the whispers of the Holy Spirit, other people take notice. We all have the power to impact the world with our Jesus story. Because the stories we share and the stories we live impact the world. And by the way, this story is for everyone. We all get to join in. If you don't know Jesus yet, the invitation is for you to learn the story. And we'd love to help you do that. Come and chat to any of the team afterwards and we'd love to help you on the way. So I think it would be great to make some space to think and pray about our story and I'd love to invite the band to come back up. Because we each have a part to play in God's story. What does it look like for you? I'd love to invite you to stand if you're able. And in this moment, close your eyes if it's helpful, but spend some time in prayer. Ask God, ask the Holy Spirit. What are you doing today? How can I join in with your story today? Let's make some space. Let's wait on God. Because it all starts with Jesus. It all starts with reminding ourselves who we are and whose we are.